When God's prayer birthed plan is conceived, the church will be strengthened and filled with courage. Let me do that again. I'm glad I wrote that down. When God's prayer birth, birthed plan is conceived, the church will be strengthened and filled with courage. I'm Terry Knighton, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together around His Word for the next 28 and a half minutes or so. Let me encourage you, if you are listening to these programs by way of social media, by whatever means, if you could like and share these, it'd really help us to get the message out. I do want to remind you that the new life doesn't cost anybody anything. We're here totally underwritten by the members and attendees of New Life Community Church. But uh, it really would help us if you would like and share the videos, get the word out. You are the best advertisement that we have. Here's what we're all about. I'm attempting to bring to you a balanced teaching with regards to the Bible, the Word of God. By balanced, I mean to stay within the historical accuracy of it and to offer you some challenges as you allow Holy Spirit to apply God's Word to your own life. Not just to read it to get some statistics in your head, but to read it to get the truth in your heart to empower you to live out the Word, the will, and the work of the Lord. We are currently in a series taken out of Acts chapter 15. This has been an exciting study for me, and I trust it's been beneficial for our audience as well. As we said at the outset of the program tonight, when God has a plan and that plan is followed, then His people, when that, that plan is birthed or conceived, then unity will prevail. And I have been talking to you about unity and coming together and rallying around the truth, which is the Word of God, as opposed to being judgmental and divisive and allowing that attitude and that action to separate and divide us. I have one verse I want to read in your hearing. I asked you a couple of verses at the outset uh, from Acts chapter 15, our text passage, and we're going to jump right on into the back half of the last part of this series. It begins in verse 30 of Acts chapter 15. The record puts it this way. The men were sent off and went down to Antioch, where they gathered the church together. Notice who they gathered together. The church, the called out ones, and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. What an encouraging passage. I trust the Lord would apply it to your heart tonight. Father God, I thank you so much for your word, and I pray and ask in Jesus' name, by Holy Spirit power, that you would help us to convey these truths to each and every set of ears that have tuned in to this particular program. We'll be careful to thank you for all that you do. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Christ said, I'm just going to pull three passages. There's bukus of them. I trust you know what a buku is. John chapter 14 and verse 21 says this. Look at the screen if you don't have your word in front of you. It begins, whoever, whoever. I love whoever, don't you? Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Whoever. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Listen to verse 23. If anyone, everyone say anyone. Anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love anyone keeping my word, and will come to anyone keeping my word, and make our home with anyone keeping my word. Mark's gospel puts it this way, chapter 8 and verse 34, and calling, look at this, I want to point out something to you that jumped off the pages at me this week, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples. Can I point out to you, he was not just calling his disciples, but he was also calling out to the crowd. Sounds like there's a distinction to be made there. Can I get a testimony? Yeah. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let Anyone deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Who's he talking to? Anyone that denies and takes up their cross and follows him. I'm encouraged by that. What about you? Now, let me just reach back real quick like to these scribes and Pharisees who were the truth bashers. And we, we talked about that, laid a really good foundation for that uh, lessons ago but the pharisees and the sadducees the pharisees two subgroups there they weren't just the pharisees there were the pharisees and then the pharisees that's the way pharisees are uh, they were exclusive even among the exclusivity but uh, the pharisees and the sadducees represent persons of every generation every generation that seek to judge and divide who it is that can receive God's grace, watch this, in their opinion. You understand what I'm saying? We'll decide who it is that can be in receipt of God's grace. Number six on your study notes, this sounds so dogmatic. But listen, beloved, it's not man's opinion, either mine or yours, that validates the truth of God. It's not. The Bible isn't true because Terry E. Knighton decided that it is so. The Bible isn't true because our church movement decided that it is true. Listen to Psalm 119. The, the old King James Version puts it this way, thy word, verse 160, thy word is true from the beginning. From the beginning. In the beginning, what was their church? In the beginning, God. 
In the beginning, God. Thy word is true from the very beginning. Look at John chapter 12. The Good News Translation puts it this way, verse 48. Those who reject me, who resist the lifesaver, and do not accept my message, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, have one who will judge them. Man, this is a hard-hitting passage. And we're told, the words I have spoken will be their judge on the last day. Do you understand what we're going to be judged by is this? That's why Pastor Terry encourages you not just to say, carry around a great big and say, I believe this. But read it and study it and memorize it and meditate over it and pray it. Pray it right back in the devil's face. It is Truth. Jesus prayed for you in John chapter 17. I encourage you to go back and read that often. The high priestly prayer of Jesus. And in verse 17, he reminds us your word, God's word, his Father's word is what, church? Truth. Say it again. One more time. Thy word is truth. Beloved, you either believe this or you do not. You either believe it or you do not. But failure to believe it doesn't negate the fact any more than you failing to believe that these lights are on in here preventing us from being in the dark. Now, I know how it is. You've seen them before. I don't see no lights. Ain't no lights in here. I don't see them. I've made sure I don't see them. I put something over my eyes my spiritual eyes in particular, that will prevent me from seeing the truth. Sometimes it looks like this. Nah, 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 nah. And it always looks like this. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> well, what happened to the judges and the dividers? Now, we're trying to figure out what the church is supposed to look like and how the church handles such crises. What happened to these judges and dividers? What can we discern? Well, we read in the record that Pastor James, the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, said in verse 19, it's recorded there, back up and look at that, Acts 15, 19, he says, it is my judgment, therefore. What did he base that on? Stick with me. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. Let me remind you, those who were misled was telling everybody that they had to be physically circumcised. And was making it very difficult for the non-Jews to come into the newly established New Testament church under the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they prayed, I believe. They put their heads and their hearts and their spirits together. And Brother James come forth with this. We should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. That's what those judges and dividers were seeking to do. Make it difficult for people to come to God. So fill in number seven with me. Man, that's the last study note. We'll be out of here in no time. 
I've got a long ending today, so stick with me. So what happened? The church came together. You remember me emphasizing that to you earlier? I told you I'd explain it to you later. What happened? The church, the body of Christ, and those people out in the community screaming that the church is not a building, they're right. It's a people. Watch this. They want to put a period right there. It's not just a people. It's a called out people. It's a gathering of people. Not just people walking around doing their own thing. It's people that have been born again, born anew of the Spirit, and filled with the Spirit, and testify to such. That's what the church is. The church came together, and they allowed Holy Spirit to impress them with a plan. Wow. Hey, let me just ask you this. When there is trouble manifest in and around the church, in the year 20 and 23, how should we respond? You think this might be a hint? I'm convinced that it's more than a hint. I am convinced that it is the blueprint. When trouble manifests, what should the church do? Be encouraged, New Life, in particular, if you've signed off saying you're going to be a member here, you're going to be one of us, and you're going to help us pull together to reach this community for Christ. Can you be encouraged to read through the book of Acts and notice how many times they're told to sit down and shut up? And they said, huh, we need to have us a prayer meeting up in here. And they did, and their prayer was, Lord, grant us boldness to speak forth your word. And they didn't just stop there and high-five one another because they'd had a big old prayer meeting. They actually went out and did it, and God honored their prayer and empowered them is anybody picking up what I'm putting down this morning you see the more things change the more they stay the same I've lived long enough to know that we're kind of back seeing some of these things again in our own world now that plan that was revealed by Holy Spirit resulted in a letter now watch this if you have your Bible I want you to get that out and look and Acts chapter 15 right now, because that very letter is copied down and included in Acts chapter 15. That letter is the Word of God. Does that make sense to you? You'll have to think about that a little while. I probably thought about it longer than you have. Maybe, maybe not. That letter is the Word of God. It, it held a little more weight than most of our text and emails. It's the Word of God. And it was passed along from church to church, generation to generation, right down to October the 27th, 1957, when the Lord blessed the world with Terry E. Knighton. And he knew I would need a copy of that letter. And I have one. How spiffy is that? That's pretty spiffy. Let's see if I can wrap this up. question that I have is, do I make it difficult for persons to turn to God? Will you whisper that question to yourself? Do I make it difficult for persons to turn to God? Is my game dividing 
and judging, judging, and dividing? Or am I in the whosoever business? Watch this. Watch, hang around here, cameraman. I might run out of the frame. When you're walking down the street and you encounter someone, perhaps they don't look like you, what's the first thing you think? Do you think, they don't look like me? So I'm going to, apparently they're not included. Or when you meet that person that doesn't look like you, you think, man, there's a whosoever. I know what you probably think, man, that's a whatsoever. <laughs> I've been there, done that. But even the whatsoevers are whosoevers. Are you with me? Can I encourage you to, uh, do you see how I spryly jumped up here? Can I encourage you to begin to think that way? Not, hey, there's somebody that doesn't look like me. Maybe they're not from my neighborhood. Maybe they don't look like me. But they're a whosoever. And God made that person. And God put a spirit in that person. And God told me to go to whosoever and tell them about Jesus. Let me be very clear to point out to you. God desires for all persons to come into his household of faith, to be born again and spirit-filled. And so do all the members of God's household of faith, the body of Christ. What God desires, his people desire. Does that make sense, church? Let me give you this. Jesus chasers must understand the difference between what we want and that which God has purposed. That's tough in America because we're used to getting what we want for the most part. Beloved, it's quite okay to have preferences about practically every area of life. I'm not overly convinced that God cares what color you wear. My dear red-headed mama told me all my life she couldn't wear red because red-headed people couldn't wear red. Mom, I don't care if you wear red. I guess blonde-headed people can't wear blonde. <laughs> you think God is up twiddling his thumbs this morning trying to figure out the, the, the dilemma of the different preferences of colors and styles. and all. Really? Really? No, it's quite okay for you to have preferences about practically every area of life. But it is not okay for you or myself or anyone else to decide based upon unbiblical bias and principle who it is that shall make a connection with God Almighty. God has already made that determination. Now, this story in Acts 15 this, this part of the story actually has a happy ending. And I may come back with a part 27 of this in a couple of weeks and share with you the story from verses 36 to the end. It's highly unlikely that I will, but we may. But this story that we've been looking at has a happy ending. 
Listen, beloved, when truth bearers stand up and cry out to God and speak out, God turns, that, turns their misery into victory. Look again at verse 30. The men... These were the representatives of the church, the representative of the truth bearers. The men were sent off and went down to Antioch where the troublemakers, the truth bashers were, where they gathered the church together, hallelujah, and delivered the letter. Here's the part I love, verse 31, the people read it and were glad for its encouraging message. Have you read it? Are you glad? for its encouraging message. And then verse 32 kind of puts a period on this. Judas and Silas were told who themselves were prophets. That was their gift mix. Said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. That church had a happy time. Some dividers, some judges, some truth bashers showed up. And it didn't split them. They went to their knees, they went before the great God of unity and prayed and God gave them a solution and they followed through with the solution and they were encouraged and they were strengthened. I believe the same thing will happen today if we will purpose in the midst of our trial, whatever the nature of it is, to come together to seek God for His plan, He will work it out. Amen? When God's prayer birthed plan is conceived, the church will be strengthened and filled with courage. Let me do that again. I'm glad I wrote that down. When God's prayer birth, birthed plan is conceived, the church will be strengthened and filled with courage. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. I'm going to ask you to purpose to be in prayer right now. Just You're going to communicate with our Heavenly Father. I remind you we have an advocate in Jesus. He's interceding on our behalf. He sent us all back a real special gift called Holy Spirit. That's the conveyor of these prayers. Here's my question for you this morning. Do you need to repent of judging and dividing? Good news is, if you've been carrying on that way, not only do you need to stop, you can stop. And if you will confess that and repent of that, then you can be delivered from that lifestyle. Praise the Lord. Are you a truth bearer? Are you standing up, crying out to God, and speaking out what you hear? Or a truth basher? Are you a truth bearer in name only? Beloved, it's time to stand up and cry out and speak out.
Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. And can I ask you something? Now, don't tune us out quite yet. I know this is the uh, outro part of the program. be real easy to flip it off or run to the refrigerator right about now. But can I ask you this? Are you a truth bearer? Are you bearing the truth of the Word of God? Are you reflecting that to your family, to the community, to the church? Are you a truth bearer or a truth basher? And if you have been judging and dividing and bashing people, in particular using the Bible, the Word of God, literally physically using the Bible to whack people over the head, can you be encouraged to stop that? Can you be encouraged to stop that and to repent of that? God hasn't called anybody to bash anybody over the head with His Word. His Word is given, and by the way, His Word will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent out. His Word is given to bring to mankind the knowledge of God's plan of salvation. And that plan has a name. His name is Jesus Christ. Just this week, I was confronted by someone who's, who reminded me that there are over 3,000 religions in the world, and they were arguing that we need to teach all of those religions. Well, that's where I differ with a lot of folks in a lot of different ways. First of all, Following Christ is not a religion. Following Christ is a relationship. A relationship with God through Christ. And it's the only way. Jesus made the statement, and it's true, that He is the only way to heaven, the only way to God, the only way to eternal life. That is the truth that we need to be projecting to and presenting to and living out before the community, telling everyone we know that we know Jesus. Do you know Him? Are you an advocate for the truth? Have you been born anew of the Spirit? Pastor Terry, what are you talking about? John 3 says we must be born again. Must be. It's not an option. We must be born again, born anew of the Spirit into the kingdom of God. Have you had that experience? If not, I want to encourage you to follow through with that even before you pillow your head tonight and confess your sins, repent of your sins, open up your heart's door, and invite Jesus to come in to be the Lord of your life and know for a certainty that that has happened. That's God's purpose and plan for your life. And from that point of initiation, your life can grow in some unparalleled ways as you develop a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus, by the Word of God. That's why this is so very important. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those listening in right now. I pray for that man, woman, boy, or girl that has never established a relationship with you may right now be the time when they do so, when they confess their sins and repent of those sins and ask you to forgive them and to come in and to dwell within them in the power, by the power of Holy Spirit. Begin to grow them as they study your word, your plan, your purpose for their life. And we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, beloved, listen, if you made a confession or a profession of faith, if you began to believe even for the very first time or you've recommitted your life as a result of anything that we may have said or showed you or pointed out on New Life Telecast, we'd love to hear from you. There's some contact information there on the screen. Our website is the best way in the world to contact us. We would encourage you to go, go there and follow through and click the right buttons and uh, give us a holler. We'd love to hear from you. want to remind you that New Life does have a regular schedule of activities. It's very important for me to remind you of this. Every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, our morning worship celebration, 
Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Family Ministries Night, something for every member of the family. I trust that might just be you. Well, I have to get out of here. Trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?